Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for So Jesus knew this practice. He would get up early in the morning. He would do exactly the same thing. So when you get up, what I think you need to do is you need to say to God, when I get up early and have a devotion time, what am I saying to God? I'm saying one thing. I'm dependent on you. I'm saying, God, I can't do this thing called life on my own. I'm hearing from you. And God loves to speak to us. So practice that. Put it into practice. Do you devote time every day to spend with Jesus? Today, Pastor Mark will challenge all Christ followers to put into practice what a daily devotional time really looks like. The Lord desires to spend real, personal, meaningful time with every person absent from distraction. This is far from a favor we're doing for God. We're communicating to Him that we're dependent on Him. He promises to strengthen and reward those who diligently seek Him. Have you chosen to rely on Him and His Word every day? A life spent without dependence and devotion to Him is destined to fail. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Ephesians as he begins part 13 in his series entitled Unlimited Opportunities. What is really today the best part of waking up? It's getting to follow God another day. You see, as we follow God, we never know what the next day will bring. And serving God is the most exciting lifestyle in all the world. You're going to see today, Joshua wakes up one day, and he's going to be told that after being out of the promised land for 400 years plus, the children of Israel are going to get to go in to the promised land. Now, to do that, they're going to need God's direction, and they're going to need God's empowerment. That's no different than you and me. So the first thing I want you to write down today seems like a no-brainer, but it's very important. Man was designed to do life, the key word, daily with God. We weren't just designed to do life on a weekend or one day a week. We were designed to do life daily with God. Now, I want to speak about that just for a moment because I want to challenge you as we go through the teaching. Understand, and I wish I didn't have to say this, but it's true, the majority in the United States of Christians who call themselves Christ followers do not practice. Most of their lives are lived in their own wisdom and their own direction. And once in a while, they'll turn around and ask God for help. They're basically inconsistent, 
with what God wants in their life. And because of that, they never really accomplish what God wants. So what you have today as we open the Bible is a perfect picture of that. Let me just remind you of where we're at. The children of Israel refused to go into the promised land the first time. So for the next 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness. This whole principle of the wilderness, the Red Sea, the Exodus, and passing into the promised land, well, it's filled with examples of what that looks like in our spiritual life. So let me just remind you today. The wilderness is the life of believers, people who know God, but really are carnal. They're not really accomplishing much for God, and they just wander through life, and eventually they arrive into heaven. Not much is happening. They're carnal. They're thinking about themselves and make decisions themselves rather than going to God on a routine daily basis. Now, when you get into the promised land, that is a picture of the spirit-filled believer, the one who is dependent on God and knows that they can't really do life unless they're hearing from God on a dialogue on a daily basis. So you choose who you want to be today. I'm sorry to say to you, especially as a pastor, that most people in the United States specifically, not in the other parts of the world, because they're under so much persecution, they value every day. We're clueless about that. So we just kind of add God to our schedule instead of God setting our schedule. So who do you want to be? Well, hopefully you're here today because you're the person that wants to be that spirit-filled believer and hears from God. So let's learn together as we start Joshua chapter 3. Early in the morning, Joshua and the Israelites set out from Shittim and went to the Jordan, that Jordan River, where they camped before crossing over. You see, Joshua is a leader. He's a man of action. Now remember... Two spies had been sent in. They came back and they said, look, all those enemy nations in the promised land, those pagans, they've heard about God, our one true living God, and they're afraid to death that we're coming over. So Joshua knew good things were there and it was about time to go. But here's the problem. Joshua knows that they're supposed to go to the promised land and cross the Jordan River, but he doesn't know how. He doesn't know how that's going to happen. He's got two million people. He's a new leader. And he's really clueless other than the general direction of where he's going. He's going to make these people so he, he knows things are happening. So he moves them from Shittim seven miles. Two million people. They're right camping on the edge of the Jordan. Now here's this question, which is a question like you and me very often. Now what? What do I do? Well, where is he going to get direction? Where is he going to hear from it? I think there's something that you can see in those first two verses, the first two words. Look at that. Early in the, say it with me, in the, in the what? In the morning. You see, here's a picture of the way we should start our day. We should start with a cup of java. But more important than the coffee is what? Is the living word of God. Where are you going to get directions tomorrow morning to live? How do you know how to start the day? How will Joshua know what to do next? Well, we know this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. No doubt in my mind at all 
that Joshua understood that as he thought about God and he prayed to God, he would know what to do next. See, that's a principle that you and I have to grab in our heart. We are not made to do life alone. We're not made to do life once a week with God. We're made to do life daily with God. Now, keep your finger right there and turn back just to chapter 1, Joshua chapter 1. You're close by. Go to verse 8. Here we discover, I think, the principle that Joshua practiced. After all, he wrote it. Now, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, look what it says. Here and all of our other campuses, Vere and Sebastian and Easterland, look what he says. Do not let this book of the law, in other words, that's the Bible, depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful, notice the key, to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So how is Joshua going to know to do that next day? Every day is a new start filled with potential. Every day, God's mercies are new. But every day, I need direction from God. So would you please write this statement down? You know it, but sometimes we don't practice it. The best way to start our day is meditating on the Word of God. You see... The Bible is our guide to life. It's our GPS. It's the mind of God. And Joshua knew that as he meditated on it, God would speak to him directions. You need direction, I need direction for that very next day. Now here's what happens. When you think about this, as you begin to think about it, we have to understand that as God is speaking here, Joshua knows he doesn't know. Sometimes we don't do that. Sometimes we just think we do know how to do life, and we just do it without God. No, Joshua is going to go, and he's going to ask God to speak to him through the word of God. Here's a great verse that David wrote. I want you to see it. In the morning, Lord, you hear my voice. That's me asking God, direction. In the morning, I lay my requests before you. This is asking God for wisdom. And I wait in expectation. When is the last time you did that? Now, some of you are looking at me like, like a deer with lights in your eyes. Like, you mean God speaks to us? What kind of church is this? God will speak to me? Hello? Yes, that's how we live. He's a living God. The word of God is alive. He will speak to you. You have to practice it. You have to get up early in the morning. And Jesus gave us this same pattern. Let me read to you out of Mark chapter one. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, he went off to a solitary place, where he prayed. You see, if you and I are going to get directions from the day, we need to be in contact with God for that day. Do you realize you're here today because the gift of a new day? It isn't about you. It's God's graciousness to us. So Jesus knew this practice. He would get up early in the morning. He would do exactly the same thing. So when you get up, what I think you need to do is you need to say to God, 
when I get up early and have a devotion time, what am I saying to God? I'm saying one thing. I'm dependent on you. I'm saying, God, I can't do this thing called life on my own. I'm hearing from you. And God loves to speak to us. So practice that. Put it into practice. Well, let's go back to Joshua chapter 3. What's going to happen next? This is where it gets exciting. Look at verse 2. All our campuses, those of you watching by the internet, verse 2. Well, after three days, the officers went throughout the camp. So let's get into our mind what's happening again. We have two million people that have moved to the edge of the Jordan River. Now we'll see later in the chapter that the Jordan River, uh, which is normally pretty easy to pass over and through, is at flood stage. Up in the north is Mount Hermon in Israel, and then there's some tributaries. It, It takes water and it brings it down to the Jordan and it eventually empties into the Dead Sea. Well, they're about in this area right here. Well, almost all times of the year, it's not too difficult to cross. This part of the year, every year, because of all the snow melting, it's like impossible. It gets like three miles wide, super deep. It's like whitewater rafting. So here's the children of Israel, and they're there, and they're camped for three days. Now just take a picture. What are they looking at for three days? What are they thinking in their mind for three days as they look at this water? They can't even see the other side. What are they thinking of while they're there? How are we what? Come on, are you alive out there or what? Are you thinking? Come on, all our campus. What are they thinking? How in the world are we going to get across this place? How many days do they have to look at it? Three. How's your faith? This is more exciting. I have a better idea today than yesterday. No, it goes the other way, doesn't it? It looked bad yesterday, it looks even worse today. How are we going to get across this place? So here's what they're going to say to God. God, of all the times in the whole year, you picked the wrong time for us to cross. What's wrong with you? Have you ever said to God, what's wrong with you? Be honest. Yeah, you have. We all have. God, what are you doing? Are you clueless? This is the worst time of the year. But watch me. We're going to discover this is the best time of the year. Listen to Charles Spurgeon. I'll change some of his words because he doesn't talk like us in some of the words. But this isn't the worst time of the year to cross. This is the best time of the year to cross. Listen to Charles Spurgeon. The path of the Christian is not always bright with sunshine. He has seasons of darkness and of storm. At certain periods, clouds cover the believer's sun, and he walks in darkness, and he sees no light. The best of God's saints, the dearest of his children, must battle difficulties. No Christian ever enjoys continual prosperity. Perhaps initially when you came to the Lord, God made your walk smooth and easy because you were young and weak and timid. But now, as you've grown in God and you're stronger, God will experience, let you experience winds of difficulty, tempests to exercise our faith. 
strong winds to tear off the broken boughs that need to be moved away from our life and, and a chance for you and I to be rooted deeply in Christ. You see, the day of difficulty reveals the value of God's glory in us. So why did God bring them at the worst seemingly possible time? Because of this. He knew what he was doing. He wanted the people for three days to be staring at an impossible situation. He wanted them to understand that he was going to do what they couldn't do. Now, I want to ask a very important question. Some of you here in Melbourne, Vieira, East Orlando, Sebastian, you're facing an impossible situation. You might have been looking at it for one day or 50 days. And you, you have no idea how in the world that impossible situation is going to get solved. Now, some of you are not, but I'll guarantee you this. Before the year's out, you will be. We all will be. You see, that's what life is. So if I'm at a situation this morning and I'm looking at an impossible situation in front of me, in front of me what is God trying to do? Later in the year when I have one. What is God trying to do in my life? Here's what you want to write down. Remember it. If you're not going through one this morning, you will later. God wants to exercise your faith. You see, if I can just cross the Jordan on my own, I don't need God. If I can solve that impossible situation that you're facing without God, then I don't need God. But I do need God. God is going to move two million people across an impossible situation. God is going to move you through your impossible situation. Well, how does that work? That's what we're going to learn this morning. We're going to watch how God takes us individually, just like them thousands of years ago, through impossible situations in our life. Well, look at verse 3. After they're there three days, what happens? The officers went through the camp giving orders to the people. Now, what are they going to say to them? When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the Levitical priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and circle this word in your Bible and follow it. That's the same principle we do in the New Testament. We're called followers of Jesus Christ. Why? Because he leads and we follow. So these people said, this, this Ark of the Covenant, sometimes we remember what, we forget what that is. It was really a symbol of the presence and the power of God. And whenever the children of Israel went somewhere, that Ark was there. Here, let me just show you what it kind of looked like. And you kind of remember in those days, God didn't live in the Old Testament. He didn't live in individuals. A few individuals were empowered with the Spirit. But most of those, almost all of those two million people, God's Spirit didn't live in them. He lived in the temple or in the tent or the tabernacle. And of course, this was the symbolization of his presence. Now, when the people weren't moving, that ark would be in the center of their homes, which were really simply tents. So that every day when you came out of your tent, whether you were north, south, east, or west, when you opened that tent door and looked, what would you see? You would see God. God was among us. 
God was with us. He would be the center of their life. What does God want in this church, in our campuses? He wants to be the center of our lives. Do you know that God is here this morning? Well, let me ask you a question. Does it matter? We've come to meet him, and he lives in us. Very different than those days. So what do we see there? We see one thing, that the people are going to follow God. They're going to be led by God. How do you live? How do I live? Write it down. The very same way. Being led by God is the only way to live. How am I led by God? I follow him. Well, you say, Pastor Mark, what do you mean, I follow him? What does that look like? When we see God move, we move. When we don't see God move, we don't move. Being led by God always includes his timing. So some of you are facing that impossible situation today. You want to move now. Well, God may not be ready. The children of Israel had to wait three days. Some of you will have to wait longer. When God's ready to move you, you'll see him and we follow. We don't get ahead of God. We don't get behind God. Well, look at verse four. Then, when you have your eyes on God, you will know which way to go. Underline these ne- this next sentence. You'll always come back to this sentence. This is just pregnant with application. Then you will know which way to go. Since you've never been this way before. That is so powerful. God says to the children of Israel, you haven't been to the promised land. And they had not been to the promised land. But I know the way. You see, no amount of man's wisdom, no amount of man's experience can get them safely across. God is reminding them and us that we're not made to do life alone. Like Israel, we don't know the way. Life is designed as a walk of faith of following Jesus Christ. Now write this statement down and let me talk about it for a moment. Only God knows the way and only God knows our way. You see, God had a plan. He knew exactly what was going to happen. He knew the future. He knew the steps to get across to the promised land that people didn't know. They knew where they were supposed to go, but they didn't know how to get there. As you and I face impossible situations, we kind of have an idea maybe where we're going, but sometimes that doesn't even happen. But we don't know the timing, and we don't know the way. Why? Because we've never been there before. So you and I have to learn to be dependent on God, because He's the only one that really knows the way. And that's why we want to be dependent on him as we started the teaching today, daily. The best way to start our day is meditating on the Word of God. Today we learn from Pastor Mark that God designed us to spend time with him daily. The best way he communicates to us is through his Word and the Holy Spirit. How have you spent most of the time you have in your life The Lord hungers for quality time with you and promises to bless and carry you through this life if you surrender to Him today. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. 
The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. What does a life that is radically abandoned to God look like? In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will share how God wants to exercise your faith. Only God knows the way that's perfect for your life. How do we keep Him at the forefront of our minds? By reading and obeying His Word. He wants to do amazing things through each and every one of us. We just have to completely surrender ourselves to Him. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through the book of Ephesians. That's next time on Lessons for Living. His word made flesh in a hurting